It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It's Monday, September 21st, 2020. And uh, thanks so much for listening. The show is made possible by patrons such as Chad, Lee and Jeff, Phil and Matt, Jason, Marlene, Susan, Rhonda, Sarah, and Kathleen. Thanks so much for the support. I could not do the show without you. They became patrons to support the program, and you can too, simply by visiting thepetecallendershow.com and clicking on the link that is there. All uh, all of the links are in the description of the podcast as well. Uh, You get exclusive content. You also get the world-famous bumper stickers. They are world famous, I think, because according to the analytics that I look at for the podcast, we do have a lot of audience overseas, like on the other side of the planet. It's pretty amazing. Uh, So Friday evening, uh, everything changed about the election. The United States Supreme Court put out the following statement. I will abbreviate some of this uh, because, well... It's not really. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to abbreviate some of it. Okay, I don't need a reason. <laughs> well, I mean, because I'm just I'm, I'm taking out people's names and stuff. Do you need to know all of the great grandkids' names of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Right, exactly. So, the Supreme Court Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died Friday evening, surrounded by her family at her home in Washington D.C. due to complications of metastatic pancreas cancer. She was 87 years old. Justice Ginsburg was appointed to the Supreme Court by President Clinton in 1993. She was the second woman appointed to the court and served more than 27 years. She is survived by her two children, four grandchildren, two step-grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. Her husband, Martin David Ginsburg, died in 2020. Chief Justice John Roberts said of Justice Ginsburg, quote, Our nation has lost a jurist of historic nature. We at the Supreme Court have lost a cherished colleague. Today we mourn, but with confidence that future generations will remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg as we knew her, a tireless and resolute champion of justice. Justice Ginsburg was born in Brooklyn, New York. In 1933, she married Martin Ginsburg in 1954. She uh, received a B.A. from Cornell University, attended Harvard Law School, received her L.L.B. from Columbia Law School. In 1971, she was instrumental in launching the Women's Rights Project of the ACLU and served as the ACLU's general counsel from 1973 to 1980. She was appointed a judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit in 1980. During her more than 40 years as a judge and a justice, she was served uh, by 159 law clerks and a private internment service is going to be held at Arlington National Cemetery. Now, the president was giving a speech at the time this news broke and or right about he, he went on stage right as this news was breaking. And so it appeared everybody believes and I am of one, one of these people who believes that uh, the president did not know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away because he did not mention anything about her in his comments at the rally. And when he got done with the rally, he's walking across the tarmac and uh, reporters shout a question to him, you know, essentially informing him as he's leaving. And you can hear the music playing. And it's one of the most surreal things I've seen in a really long time where he's, uh, he comes walking over and a reporter says, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. And 
he just reacts as this music is playing, and it's Elton John's Tiny Dancer, which, by the way, that's the reason why I'm not playing the audio for you, is if I played the audio for you, I would get sued by Elton John for taking, you know, five seconds of his song and playing it on my podcast. <laughs> so uh, rather than uh, risk losing all of my earthly uh, possessions, I am not going to play the soundbite of the president because there's music playing in the background. Okay, so he says uh, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an amazing woman. She led an amazing life. And then he said he's very sad to hear that. He's just really saddened. And then he walks away. And of course, this prompts uh, a lot of the you know anti-Trumpers to say uh, he knew. Of course he knew. He had that ready to go. He had this comment ready to go. Like he didn't really say anything except she was amazing. Uh, she made a, led an amazing life. She was an amazing person. He said it like three or four times, the same word. And then he said he's sad and he's saddened. And then he walked away. And that was it. And and to the you know, to people suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, I guess this is proof that he knew ahead of time and this was the finely crafted comment <laughs> that he offered. I will say this, it was one of just uh, maybe in the music's playing, maybe that's what did it. Um it was just really a surreal moment because the music is starting up as he walks over. And if you know the song, I can't even hum it for you, by the way. I mean, I could, but again, earthly possessions and all that. Um, and so I, I'm not going to hum it. But the music is starting to play in the background. And because he's, you know, outside of this uh, rally that was held in North Carolina, I believe it was North Carolina. And yeah, I think it was out, he was out in Fayetteville at the time. And he comes walking across, and you hear the music playing, and he starts saying, and as he's saying it, and then he concludes his remarks, which were very brief, the, now the you know, the song starts, and the, uh, Elton John is singing, and that song, at that time, at that moment, it was just very surreal, and he seemed genuine. To me, it seemed like a genuine reaction that the president had, and... Uh, he seemed kind of moved by the fact that she had passed away. He said, oh, she's a, she was an amazing woman. It makes me sad. And he walked off. And that was it. Okay. So next up, we have Joe Biden, who had the courtesy to not play any kind of uh, music behind his uh, announcement or his reaction. Uh, so this way I can play his reaction for you. Here was the initial reaction that Joe Biden offered after he arrived at a, uh, a location for, I guess he was doing some sort of a campaign stop as well. Ginsburg, who is not only a giant in the legal profession, but uh, a beloved figure. And uh, my heart goes out to all those who cared for her and care about her. And uh, she uh, practiced the highest American ideals as a justice, equality and justice under the law. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, stood, uh, stood for all of us. As I said, she was a beloved figure. As young attorney, you all know the story. She persisted, overcoming a lot of uh, a lot of obstacles for a woman in practicing law in those days. As well as uh, she continued until she uh, she uh, she moved herself in a position where she could end up changing the law of the land, or leading the effort to provide equality for women in every field. And she led in the advance of equal rights for women. It's hard to believe, but it was my honor to preside over her confirmation hearing. I got to meet her at the time, and uh, she uh, and her ascension to the Supreme Court. 
the decade since, she has been uh, absolutely consistent and reliable and a voice for uh, for freedom and opportunity for everyone. And, uh, you know, uh, and uh, she never failed. She was fierce and unflinching in her pursuit of the civil and legal rights of uh, civil rights of everyone. Her opinions and her dissent are going to continue uh, to shape the basis for a law for for generation. And, uh, you know, tonight and in the coming days, uh, we should focus on the loss of her the justice and uh, her enduring legacy. But there is no doubt, let me be clear, that the voters should pick the president and the president should pick the justice for the Senate to consider. This was the position of the Republican Senate took in 2016 when there were almost 10 months to go before the election. That's the position the United States Senate must take today. And uh, the election is only 46 days off. I think the fastest justice ever confirmed was 47 days. And uh, the average is closer to 70 days. And so we should do this with full consideration. And, uh, and that is my hope and expectation what will happen. Thank you all. And I'm sorry. Such a, we had to learn it on a plane ride. All right. So that was Joe Biden's initial reaction. By the way, he was reading from a script, um, even though it sounded like he was searching for words and stumbling around. He actually had a script in front of him as he was reading it. I have the script. I guess it was a statement that his campaign put out. And I just say that as an aside, because it is quite obvious he is not at 100 percent anymore. And this was another example of it. Um. By the way, let me tell you, winter is coming, folks. Winter is coming. Well, I mean, the actual winter. It's cold weather. It's cold weather gear and clothing seasons coming up. Military-grade thermal underwear in all sizes from extra small to 3X available at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. He has wool sweaters, military field jackets in solid green and camo, wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets, Old Grouches has everything you need for the winter, whether you're working outside, whether you're going to go hunting. This is heavy-duty warm clothing for a lot cheaper than you're going to find at a lot of these outdoor stores. Okay, It's also time, if you don't have an emergency kit in your car, you want to build one of those. It's real simple. He can help you with that at Old Grouches Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. Um, you can get a medical kit, obviously. Uh, you can get folding shovels so you can dig out of uh, snow or a ditch if you run off of the road uh, warm clothing and blankets like one of the space blankets you know looks like a big roll of tinfoil they you know keep you super warm also uh, like some emergency rations you just leave them in the car and they're not going to be harmed by the heat or the cold also bags or ammo cans to store it all in so go check out Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde or go to the website oldgrouch.com the shop is open Monday through Saturday downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Old Grouch's military surplus, uh, surplus and oldgrouch.com. Ed Morrissey at hotair.com said on Friday night that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death creates a unique political issue at a critical time. And he said, it is not too soon to discuss that. 
There are a lot of people saying, and I, I and I did, by the way, on Friday night. I always, the day somebody dies, I tend to reserve any kind of uh, political, uh, you know, I don't know, discourse and seeing angles and gaming things out because there's a family there and their family is mourning the loss of a loved one. And so I don't want to be a part of that kind of piling on if there's, you know, people who uh, are celebrating the death or are, you know, well, what does it mean for me kind of stuff. And I just I try to avoid that stuff within, you know, a day or two of somebody passing on. Um, However, Morrissey writes, he points this out, that it is not too soon to discuss the political issue at a critical time. He points out that even Justice Ginsburg recognized uh, or Ginsburg rather recognized uh, that this was a really important thing because NPR reported that uh, just days before her death, as her strength waned, which, by the way, isn't it interesting that that no news leaked out about that? Do you think that might have been important information before Friday that that she was not doing very well? Anyway, Ginsburg dictated a statement, supposedly, to her granddaughter, Clara Spira, who said, quote, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. So she knew what was coming, right? Ginsburg's death is going to have a lot of consequences for the court and the country, and she knew it. Now, uh, all things being equal, uh, you do not have the right to request this kind of delay simply because you held that seat for 27 years. It's not your seat. Never was your seat. That's our seat. That's the American public seat. It's the United States Supreme Court. And you were filling a role for 27 years, and we thank you for that service. But that's not how this works. You don't get to ask that the seat remain empty until your allies can stick somebody in there. Not how that works. And honestly, now that I am 72 hours away from her passing, I would say... If you were that concerned about ensuring that the seat did not go to a Republican, perhaps maybe you should have retired years ago. And I know that might sound harsh to some folks, but people who who stay in these seats for so long and look, they gamble like that's what happened here. Right. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. They, along with, you know, 99 percent of the planet, thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. And so they thought, well, we'll let her make the pick and it'll be a historic thing. The first female president, you know, appointing another female justice of some kind. And like that will that will have some sort of, um, you know, longevity, some place in history. That was the play. And Hillary lost. So now what? Now she has now Ginsburg has to try to, you know, hang on through four years of Trump or maybe eight years of Trump. But that doesn't mean that we have to honor this wish that we not fill the seat, because that's what a lot of people were arguing right out of the gate. They were like, well, she said don't fill the seat, so we should honor her wish. Uh, Again, no, that's that is not how this works. So uh, Mitch McConnell put out a statement on Friday night 
saying the U.S. Uh, Senate and the nation mourn the sudden passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the conclusion of her extraordinary American life. Justice Ginsburg overcame one personal challenge and professional barrier after another. She climbed from a modest Brooklyn upbringing to a seat on our nation's highest court and into the pages of American history. Justice Ginsburg was thoroughly dedicated to the legal profession and to her 27 years of service on the Supreme Court. Her intelligence and determination earned her respect and admiration throughout the legal world, and indeed throughout the entire nation, which now grieves alongside her family, friends, and colleagues. In the last midterm election, before Justice Scalia's death in 2016, Americans elected a Republican Senate majority because we pledged to check and balance the last days of a lame duck president's second term. We kept our promise. Since the 1880s, no Senate has confirmed an opposite party president's Supreme Court nominee in a presidential election year. Since the 1880s, okay? He says, by contrast, Americans reelected our majority in 2016, and they expanded it in 2018 because we pledged to work with President Trump and support his agenda, particularly his outstanding appointments to the federal judiciary. Once again, we will keep our promise. President Trump's nominee will receive a vote on the floor of the United States Senate. And now the world is ending. Okay, (laughs) this is this is now the end of the world for the Democrats. They are fit to be tied. Uh, Laura Bassett, who is a politics writer for GQ magazine, said, quote, if McConnell jams someone through, which he will, there will be riots. She then clarified when people pointed out, you mean like riots that are already occurring all over the place? And then she said, "Okay, larger riots. Okay, Uh, which is basically an admission that the violence and the demonstrations have really always been a political tool, right? This is really what it's been about. And the the acknowledgement in the last 72 hours has been instructive and clarifying that all of a sudden now it's like, oh, you know, all these riots going on. Well, we'll we'll, we'll do more of them. In other words, give us power or violence continues, you know, so the beatings will continue until morale improves. That's the offer. This is extortion. If you didn't know it before, you know it now. You should have known it before. I think most people recognize it for what it is, that this is extortion. Now, they will dress this up, by the way. Our friends on the left will dress this up euphemistically and say that it's because, you know, these things are so important and the rightness of their position, the virtue of their position, you know, requires any means necessary. You know, much like the troops storming the beaches of Normandy, we have to defeat these fascists, these Nazis, right? That's their that's their excuse. That's all it is, though. It's just window dressing for iconoclasm. That's all it is. They are interested in the raw power. And there's a great piece I'm going to get to later on by uh, Dan McLaughlin over at National Review. He talks about raw power and norms. And uh, on both of these uh, platforms, raw power and norms, the Republicans actually have the legitimate and the honest and consistent position. Now, I know that this is going to fly in the face of things that you're hearing in today's media coverage, that the Republicans are being hypocrites. And some of them may be, because they never made certain distinctions in previous years. But you got to keep in mind here that when the Republicans said 
that they would not be appointing or consenting to Merrick Garland, who was Obama's Supreme Court pick when Scalia died. Um, the Republicans said, we will not be consenting to that. You can adv- like you can make the nomination. We're telling you, we will not vote for that. Our advice is, constitutionally, advise and consent. Our advice is, we won't consent. So you might as well just not even nominate the guy and put him through any of this, because we're not going to take him up. And this was the thing that drove everybody nuts. You have to take him up. You have to take this nomination up. You have to appoint him. And what people on the right were saying is, no, they don't. And if you don't like it, then vote out the Republican majority in the Senate. That's the check and the balance. That's how it's supposed to work, by the way. And I'm old enough to remember when there was a um, when there was a Republican president that Democrats were making this argument that there needed to be a check on the Republican president. I'm also old enough to remember how North Carolina Democrats made this explicit argument in the last election at the state level. They said we need to have a Republican or a um, a Democratic uh, House or Senate or governor, right? We need to have a check on one party control in this state. That was their explicit argument. They 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 made this very clear. But now all of a sudden, what the the checks and balances argument whoop, right out the window. <laughs> right? Everybody it seems like is taking the position that their opponents took. This is this is really. It's a great example of why I say that the charge of hypocrisy carries no purchase any longer. It just doesn't. You can call somebody a hypocrite now in politics and nobody cares. I'm not sure everybody has gotten this memo yet. By the way, if you haven't gotten the memo yet, General Equipment Rental, big fall sale going on right now. It's the Husqvarna fall sale at General Equipment Rental. It's going on through October 31st. You know, fall is here. And you know you're going to need some yard equipment for the battle ahead. And you can take advantage of huge savings right now on gas-powered as well as battery-powered equipment. Um, And by the way, I don't have a preference uh, like, oh, I'm a gas-powered guy or I'm a battery guy. Like, I like, there are certain tools I like the gas for and certain tools I like the battery for. And uh, General Equipment Rental can help you with these decisions because really it's going to depend on like what you need for your project or your property go to generalrents.com and check out all of the deals they've got in the products they've got chainsaws like all different kinds different sizes for any kind of property if you've got just a couple trees you just need to do some you know minor limb work every now and again you don't need a massive chainsaw now if you're going to be clearing a bunch of trees out of the property you know then maybe you do blowers saws trimmers lawnmowers I saw one, I was looking at one this weekend. I put it up on Facebook. This thing is so cool. I don't even have a yard yet. And I'm looking at this uh, this robotic auto mower. Have you heard of these things? It looks like the Batmobile. And it basically just drives around your yard day and night, 24-7. It recharges itself like it goes back to its little docking station. And then you've got an app on the phone. You can pair it with the Auto Mower Connect app, and it will literally map your yard and... Um, and then you can check in with it and see exactly where it is. And the machine has an anti-theft technology. People ask about this. You know, well, if somebody comes along and steals it, uh, it basically becomes a paperweight. Because if you don't have the thing in its grid, it just locks down. And when it goes outside of its boundaries, uh, it shuts down. And it has a GPS locator, so it'll take you right to the thief. It's fantastic. Go look at these things on uh, on their website, generalrents.com. 
Go to generalrents.com and get pre-qualified for zero APR for two years. And you can also learn about the commercial fleet discounts. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family owned and operated for three generations. Generalrents.com. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Think outside your toolbox. All right, so one of the arguments here is, I call it the practical play, that, hey, look, you know, uh, we we totally are not going to change our minds on our positions that we had two years ago, four years ago, whatever. Um, the key here is that we got to have nine justices on the Supreme Court, um, because if you don't have nine, it means you got eight, and that could be basically a 4-4 split, and a 4-4 split right now could be really bad because if this election goes to the U.S. Supreme Court because of various irregularities or challenges, we're going to want a court that can't be split 4-4, right? That's the idea. And that's the sort of the practical argument. I don't know if that actually makes a whole lot of sense because right now the court is 5-3, to unless, of course, you know, Chief Justice Roberts goes all Anthony Kennedy on us again. Like that, I mean, that's possible. I guess he could do that, um, depending on the issue. Um, but by the way, this is one of the problems that now has arisen for Democrats. You know, careful what you wish for here. That the Democrats have been promoting this uh, this coup porn. I call it coup porn because they keep talking about overthrowing the government and like violence porn. This I call them also. You know, this Marxist revolutionary. LARPers, the live action role players, that they, they keep making these overtures and these uh, these statements and they, they're positioning themselves as like, you know, you better vote for us. And if we don't get our way, we're like totally going to, you know, overthrow everything. Like we're totally going to do violence. Well, when you communicate your intentions like that, um, you are now backing your adversaries up against a wall where they will have no other position to adopt. And so when you when you telegraph this idea that, you know, you're going to take this election to the courts if it's even close and you're advising Biden to never uh, concede the election unless it's a complete blowout. But even then, maybe not. Well, you're setting the stage for a showdown in the judiciary, which now what now prompts the Republicans to say, well, we're going to need to have. A full court. So, yeah, we're going to have to put a ninth, uh, a ninth justice in there. Like, you're a victim of your own BS narrative, guys. Chuck Schumer, the first thing Chuck Schumer said after uh, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, quote, the American people should have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. That was the first thing he said. Now, it was a direct quote from Mitch McConnell. But that was the first thing he said. There was no offering of condolences. There wasn't a remembrance. There wasn't, uh, you know, we mourn the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, the first thing he did was political, right? So this idea that everybody isn't already in their camps on this, right? It's it's fantasy. Everybody immediately saw what was happening. People are people were prepared. I have no doubt people were prepared uh, for this to occur. Um, I will say it occurring now versus, say, two or three weeks down the road, it gives the Republicans time. Because contrary to what Joe Biden said, it's like seven out of 10 of the Supreme Court justices throughout history have been nominated and confirmed uh, within this same time frame, within 45 days. Now, one of the real risks here is that if Trump does not nominate somebody, then 
What is the point of sending him to the presidency? And if the Senate does not take up his nomination, then what is the point of having a Republican majority Senate? And if they do not approve of his nomination, then what is the point of having a Republican Senate, right? These are the very real political calculations that uh, our elected leaders are going through right now. Jesse Kelly at American Greatness, uh, not the talk show host, I've got another quote from him, but Jesse Kelly, she writes at American Greatness, quote, thanks to imaginary Russian collusion and the Mueller probe, the president lost the first two years of his term, notably the first two years with a GOP house. We cannot let there be an absence on the Supreme Court when we know the Democrats want to steal the election. Like, this is what the right is telling you. And folks on the left, you may not agree with this, but you need to understand the Republicans, the voters, right, people who are uh, in tune with all of this, they want this nomination now, and they want this Supreme Court justice seat. And if the Republicans do not deliver it to them, then Republicans will likely face a backlash from their base because there were people like me, for example, who the only argument that even came close to convincing us to vote for Trump was the judicial picks. That's it. There was no other reason. And this might actually be a reason to bring people back to Trump after four years. People who were like, you know, I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to vote for him because the, you know, the judicial picks are so important. And maybe they think they've gotten enough now where, you know, you know what? I don't want to vote for him this time. But now it most certainly matters again. Democrats said last week, last week, that they would employ the nuclear option and pack the courts if they take the majority. Okay. There are no norms on this stuff anymore, folks. Right there. The Democrats are talking about like time to get tough. Do away with the filibuster. Add two more justices. They stole two of our seats. Right. This goes back to a philosophy or a mentality, I should say, that and I've talked about this for years. The Democrats always think that the tie goes to them. Right. Sort of like baseball where the you know tie goes to the runner. They always think that the tie goes to them whenever there's a there's an issue that's real close and I'm not really sure what to do. It always it, it always defaults to them, their win, their victory. And you've got in President Trump a person who says, no, if there is a tie, I'm going to keep fighting you for for that victory. And you've got a lot of Republicans now that are joining him. And this is what has really agitated the left. And a lot of, by the way, a lot of the sort of uh, country club Republican class. This has agitated them. They've now become the anti-Trumpers. You know, they've they're all on board with the Lincoln Project and Bulwark and all that. Um but here's the, to me, this is the big takeaway. If you have a single judge die, and this is what happens to America, maybe, just maybe, we need to stop legislating from the bench, and we need to recognize the courts are not the place where policymaking should occur. And maybe this is too much power that the courts now have. If this is what it becomes, right, then what does this really say about where we are? I don't think the founders ever contemplated a time when you would have an entire legislative body that was willing to abdicate their power to a judicial branch. And in doing so, uh, they become largely irrelevant because you have the executive branch and the agencies that are crafting all these rules, and you have the judicial branch that's doing policymaking, and then basically the legislature is just there to what? And rich people run for re-election, make money, and that's it? Like, become 
powerful and make appointments or something, name post offices. I don't think the founders ever contemplated that people would willingly abdicate responsibility and, more importantly, power, that they would just give up power. That was the whole point of the checks and balances system, right? Yahoo News, let's get into the hypocrisy charges. Actually, before we do that, Mattress Man is the place where you want to get into a great mattress. And they got great deals. You can get into a great deal and get into a great mattress. At Mattress Man stores, they got four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service and a 120-day comfort guarantee. I mean, you can't lose. And the triple zero deal is zero money down, zero interest for two years, and... Uh, zero payments for 90 days, okay? So, like, you can't, again, you can't lose. It's just a fantastic deal. They've got free box springs with the purchase of Biltmore mattresses. These are the mattresses made by Restonic out of Fayetteville, and these are the mattresses at the Biltmore Hotel and Inn. They have free adjustable bases with the purchase of select mattresses. They have a 10-inch queen gel memory foam mattress for $399. So uh, they also have sleep consultants that have gone through extensive training so they can help you pick the right mattress for you, okay? So go check them out either in person or online at mattressmanstores.com and experience the difference. Mattressmanstores.com, mattressman, buy local and sleep better. All right, so let's get into these hypocrisy charges because uh, as I said earlier, and I've said for a long time, I don't think it carries any purchase any longer. And by that, I mean, it doesn't get you anything, okay? Calling calling your political opponents a hypocrite because they changed their position on something, it doesn't work anymore because people are more interested in having allies make the fight in the here and now than a, an ally that had a different position years ago now becoming your ally on this issue, right? Because it's all about power, and it always has been. This is the thing. Like it, 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 In my adult lifetime, it really has been about power. And when people can make a principled argument, then okay, great, but did it win? And if you keep making principled arguments and you lose, then is it worth it? <laughs> right? Like At some point, the calculation changes. Not to mention the fact that the perception is that the charge of hypocrisy only worked, at least in my adult lifetime, it only worked against one party. Democrats were more than happy to ignore the hypocrisy of their own people. I'm sorry, guys. Like, that's just the way it looked. uh, Democrats and their allies in the media could run a Republican out of office very easily with a hypocrisy charge. Not so easy for a Democrat, though. All right, but let me get back to the... uh the charges of hypocrisy here. Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut said, if Republicans go forward and reverse the precedent they said in 2016, the Senate will never, ever be the same. It'll be changed forever. I pray tonight that at least a few of my Republican colleagues understand this. Okay. First off, Harry Reid already changed the Senate forever. In fact, you were warned about this. Democrats were warned about this and they didn't listen. Take a listen to this. Once again, Senate Democrats are threatening to break the rules of the Senate, break the rules of the Senate, in order to change the rules of the Senate. And over what? Over what? Over a court that doesn't even have enough work to do? The majority leader promised. He promised. Over. And over again that he wouldn't break the rules of the Senate in order to change them. If you want to play games, set yet another precedent that you'll no doubt come to regret, 
say to my friends on the other side of the aisle, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. What is he talking about? This was over getting rid of the filibuster in the U.S. Senate for judicial nominations. Um, So Democrats right now crying about the uh, elimination of norms. It's again, this in and of itself is a hypocritical charge. It doesn't carry any purchase. It doesn't matter anymore. And not to mention the fact that it's just dishonest, in my opinion. So U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, North Carolina's uh, junior senator, he's in a tough reelection fight. He is, according to the polls, trailing his Democratic challenger, Cal Cunningham. And uh, he was at the rally over the weekend when Trump came to the state. And here is what he said, uh, either walking to or from the I think he was walking to the rally a reporter threw the question out to him. Um, the timing's up to the president. I intend to vote for the nominee. The timing is up to the president. I intend to vote for the nominee. That's what he said. And so, obviously now, the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, are saying, Tom Tillis is changing his mind. Now, he's not changing his mind. He's not changing his position. Again, what they laid out, what the Republicans laid out when they blocked the Merrick Garland appointment they or nomination they said that uh in a year when the president and the senate are of different parties and you're up against an election we would prefer to have the people settle this rather than you come forward with a nomination in this last year when you're about to be gone let's let the people decide what they want and the people picked trump so they said, let's let the people decide and the democrats thought okay that's fine because you know we got hillary clinton coming in And they thought they were going to take back the Senate as well. So the Republicans held the Senate and they won the presidency. So they got to put that pick in. And that's why Democrats lost their minds. Well, one of the one of the many reasons. (laughs) But this is not an inconsistent standard, because right now you've got a Republican president and a Republican Senate. And this is what we put them in there for. Right. That's the argument. You don't have a divided uh, Uh, scenario where you've got different parties represented in this process by the way if you need somebody to help you with a website then uh, schaefer smith design can help you do that you probably know everything there is to know about your business or darn near close you probably don't know as much about website design maintenance and security schaefer smith can help you okay you want your website to uh, turn up in search engine results you want it to look professional you want it to be user friendly and while you do know your business you probably are not an expert in websites so call schaefer smith schaefer smith design great design can actually solve a lot of your website's problems professional services corporate small businesses entrepreneurs schaefer smith can help you with graphics and photos build out an online store search engine optimization website maintenance and security he even does graphic design like logos so he did my logo go to schaefersmith.com and get the most out of your website that's schaefersmith.com four years ago tom tillis said four years ago a supreme court vacancy arose under divided government and a lame duck president as americans were choosing his successor today however president trump is facing voters at the ballot box and north carolinians will ultimately render their judgment on his presidency and how he chooses to fill the vacancy 
There is a clear choice on the future of the Supreme Court between the well-qualified and conservative jurist that President Trump will nominate and I will support and the liberal activist Joe Biden will nominate and Cal Cunningham will support, who will legislate radical left-wing policies from the bench. That is Tillis's latest statement. But four years ago, Tillis had a different view on filling vacant Supreme Court seats in an election year. He cited a 1992 remark from then-Senator Joe Biden about not scheduling hearings on the nomination until after the political season is over. This was the so-called Biden rule. But remember, Biden made this pitch at a time when there was a Republican president and a Democratic Senate. It was George H.W. Bush. That was the point. They were trying to block Bush from nominating somebody so this way they could win in 92 and they could make the appointment. That was the purpose. See, this idea that Democrats aren't playing the exact same game, it's just embedded in all of the media coverage. It's disgusting to me that there's always this, oh, the Republicans are in it for politics, but the Democrats aren't. No, no, the Democrats, they're they're approaching this from a completely honest and righteous position, and that's garbage. They're not They're absolutely not. It's why they're threatening to tear down all norms. They're talking about packing the Supreme Court, okay? They are What is it with Democrats when they don't win, when they can't get their way, they have to destroy all of the the infrastructure uh, by which the game is played, right? They just rip down all the rules, tear down all the institutions. If it's not going to be my way, then just tear it all down. It's so destructive. It's, It's infantile. It's immature. If you don't want to play by the rules, then don't play. Okay? But don't say, well, you can't tell us this is our government. We can do what we want. We can participate how we want. Okay, but then you don't get to complain about the norms. If you want to play by some new set of norms, then you don't get to complain about there not being any norms. At least maybe you used to. You don't anymore. Nobody is buying your crap anymore. That's what's going on here. And it's very frustrating for them, I suspect, that... This stuff used to work for them, and now it doesn't. But as long as we're playing this game of, oh, look, they said something else a couple years ago in a different circumstance, but kind of similar, so let's use that quote as evidence for why they've flipped for raw political power. Well, let's take a listen to some other people who have flipped. When there is a vacancy on the Supreme Court, the President of the United States is to nominate someone. The Senate is to consider that nomination. Interesting. And either they disapprove of that nominee or that nominee is elevated to the Supreme Court. Historically, this has not been viewed as a question. Uh, There's no unwritten law that says that it can only be done on off years. That's not in the constitutional text. I'm amused when I hear people who claim to be strict interpreters of the Constitution suddenly reading into it a whole series of provisions that are not there. <laughs> right. So that was President Obama at the time when he was in, when he wanted to nominate Merrick Garland, right? He wanted to fill Antonin Scalia's seat with a Democratic appointment. And what the Republican Senate said was, you can nominate whoever you'd like. We're not going to. To approve them. We're probably not even going to give them a hearing. We're not consenting. That's what they said. We will not consent based on historical precedent. In years in an election year, the norm was that we wait till after the election. 
And you can disagree with that norm, and you could say the norm deserves to be blown up. Okay, fine. Uh, but that was the norm that they were going by. This is different because they're both of the same party now, Republican House or uh, Senate, rather, and Republican president. But remember, the Democrats launched an entire campaign called We Need Nine. They had a hashtag and everything. We need nine on the Supreme Court. That's why they kept saying in an effort to get Republicans to break with tradition, to break with the norm, and to appoint the Democratic nominee, Merrick Garland. Hillary Clinton was on board with this. uh, Senator Chuck Schumer was on board with this. Joe Biden, Chris Murphy, uh, Rick Blumenthal, uh, Maisie Hirono, uh, Pat Leahy, NARAL, uh, Center for American Progress, CNN, Vox. I mean, everybody was on board with this. Okay. Andy Grewal, 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 I don't know how he pronounces his name. He's a professor at Iowa Law School. He says, look, You can analyze history and precedents, or you can point out blatant Republican hypocrisy, or you can point to Republicans' mistreatment of Merrick Garland. Uh, But if you want to know why Republicans will confirm a nominee this year, this is really all you need to know. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham, that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. That was Lindsey Graham at the end of Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings. And I, I, to this day, Democrats have failed to grasp the damage that they did. They are reaping what they have sown. That, that process and the way they treated Brett Kavanaugh radicalized a lot of people. It goes further back than that, though. Miguel Estrada, Bork. Clarence Thomas. These were people that the left dragged simply for being conservative jurists. So Republicans are done now. They're done with these, uh, you know, playing nice on the court appointments and stuff. They're done. That's and I agree with that uh, law professor. And I agree with Lindsey Graham. Absolutely. The Merrick Garland debate did not sink the Republicans, by the way, who held on to the Senate. They won the presidency. One of the central promises the GOP relied on to procure those victories, especially among evangelical voters, was that they would nominate and confirm originalist justices to the Supreme Court. David Hersanyi at National Review says Mitch McConnell had no constitutional obligation to take up Garland's nomination in 2016. He has no obligation to wait until next year to vote on the next appointment either. There is no constitutional crisis. There's only now a faction of left-wing partisans who are threatening to weaken and pack courts because they didn't get their way. 
The only constitute you don't get a constitutional crisis by following the Constitution, which is precisely what they're talking about doing right now and that the Democrats are so mad about. Syndicated talk show host Jesse Kelly out of Texas says it's pretty telling that everybody just assumes that there's going to be rioting and violence whenever Democrats are upset about something. This is not a mature, legitimate, rational governing party any longer. I don't know when most people wake up to this fact, but when you have a political party that is threatening violence and threatening, they're talking about adding states to the United States in order to ensure their permanent power. Like, who again is the fascist here? Who again is trying to tear down the the norms uh, of the society in order to uh, position themselves uh, to be in power and authority and perpetuity? Is it Trump? Or is it the party that's saying we're going to pack the courts, we're going to abolish the Electoral College, we're going to add a bunch more states to ensure we've got more U.S. senators so you guys will never, ever be able to get us out of power? We will be so entrenched. Which, which party is actually the authoritarians? Which ones are the tyrants here? It's pretty obvious. I mean, at least to me, it's pretty obvious. As obvious, for example, as using Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team to buy or sell your home. If you're trying to sell a home, do you go with a realtor who doesn't really have a lot of experience selling homes, or do you go with a real estate agent that outsells 99% of the realtors in the entire state of North Carolina? It seems pretty obvious to me. You go with the experience. You go with the performer, and that is Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. She's the only agent that I would use to buy or sell a house. Christy and I are actually uh, doing just that right now. We are buying our house. We've used Rowena Patton and her team. You can, too, simply by calling 333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website. Uh, She's also the official Homes for Heroes agent in Asheville. This is a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from realtor commissions. Uh, that is for police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, veterans, active duty, and retired. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. Call Rowena today and start packing. But not like packing a court. Dan McLaughlin, writing at National Review last month, said uh, that if a vacancy were to open, Republicans should fill it. Given the vital importance of the court to rank and file Republicans um, and grassroots activists, particularly in the five-decade-long quest to overturn Roe v. Wade, it would be political suicide for Republicans to refrain from filling a vacancy unless some law or important traditional norm was against them. There is no such law, and there is no such norm. Those are all on the side of the GOP. Choosing not to fill a vacancy would be a historically unprecedented act of unilateral disarmament. It has never happened once in all of American history. There is no chance that the Democrats put in the same position would ever reciprocate as their own history illustrates. So think of, think of it this way. Democrats are demanding Republicans do something that they have never done, that Republicans have never done, and Democrats would never do. A president can always make a nomination for a Supreme Court vacancy, no matter how late in his term or how many times he has been turned down. The only thing in his way is the Senate. 29 times in American history, there's been an open Supreme Court vacancy in a presidential election year or in a lame duck session. The president made a nomination in every one of those 29 cases, every single time. 
no Supreme Court nominee was ever filibustered by a minority of senators until 1968. Senate Democrats attempted filibusters of William Rehnquist, and they did it twice. Okay? They did it twice. They also uh, launched the first formal filibuster of a new appointment to the court on partisan lines against Samuel Alito in 2005. Joe Biden participated in both of those filibusters. Senate Democrats, led by Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer and joined by Biden, were the first to filibuster federal appellate nominees in 2003. After Republicans adopted the same tactic years later, Senate Democrats eliminated the filibuster in 2013. That's what McConnell warned them against doing. Republicans then extended that elimination to the Supreme Court. See, so in every circumstance here, the tearing down of the norms occurred when Democrats took actions. They are the iconoclasts here. Now they're pretending that it's the Republicans. It's just a fundamentally dishonest argument that they are making. Norms are important, don't get me wrong. If parties cannot trust the other side's going to abide by established norms of conduct, then politics devolves rapidly into a blood sport, and that quickly loses the capacity to resolve disagreements peaceably within the system. Those norms are derived from tradition and history. Okay, Historical practice and tradition provides a clear and definitive answer. In the absence of divided government, election year nominees get confirmed. That's the tradition. That's the norm. The case against a nomination and for court packing in retaliation is dishonestly being framed right now as being based on historical precedent. And it is not. Such a new norm would actually contradict the traditional practice as we have seen in America. McLaughlin goes on to say that Democrats' behavior is not something Republicans can control either. Allowing them to threaten the destruction of the constitutional republic in order to cow Republicans out of following tradition would set a bad precedent on its own. Few things have contributed more to the Republican Party's institutional inability to resist a hostile takeover by Donald Trump in 2016 than a widespread sense that the party would not even fight for its own stated principles. Nothing is more central to Republican stated principles right now than control of the Supreme Court by justices who believe in the written Constitution. No practical application of those principles is more iconic and visceral in its importance than social conservatives' long, uh, long labors against Roe v. Wade, a battle in which John Roberts seems to require more reinforcements before he will ever act. Republicans should not discard the rule of law or traditional norms to achieve their ends. But a Ginsburg vacancy, if it happens, again, this was written in August, it would require Republicans only to act within the law and in accord with tradition. Woe to their future if they shrink from that. All right, that's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening. Remember, subscribe to the podcast, and thanks a lot for the support. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>